Hi, I'm Joan Collins. Welcome to my podcast, Art Unsurfaced, where I reveal aspects of the art experience that can't be seen on the canvas. Through conversations with people in my art ecosystem, we break through the surface of art where the untold stories emerge. And those untold stories are so fun to hear. If you're a collector, artist, or anyone curious about the art world, hopefully this is the podcast for you. In this episode, I'm continuing my discussions with five fellow artists who plus me make up the member artists of Chroma Collective Gallery. Chroma Collective Gallery is an online collective born out of the idea to broaden creative circles and enhance visibility to artists. The gallery launched at the beginning of 2022 and so far as of November 1st, we will have curated seven exhibitions with not only our art, but the art of 42 guest artists from around the world. You can see what's on view now at chromacollectivegallery.com or on Instagram at chromacollectivegallery. But today I get to talk to Liz Dexter, who is enchanting the Portland art scene <laughs> and beyond with her incredibly unique art that brings in elements of her 30 plus years of being an architect. Liz is just off the Portland Open Studios in her studio at the Ford Building, and we can't wait to hear all about the tour, what she's working on, and what's ahead. And I'm sure we'll learn some other insights. You can check out her art at, art at uh, let's see, it's lizdexter.com or on Instagram at lizdexter. Sorry, liz.dexter. Sorry, Liz, I'm messing this up. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um Liz describes her artwork as authentic and intuitive. I would say that this also beautifully describes her, which you'll come to learn as we talk. So Liz, welcome. Oh, that was such a sweet intro. <laughs> Thank you, Joan. <laughs> Sorry, I kind of got things a little bit messed up there. Did I get your Instagram right, Liz.Dexter? Yeah, yeah okay. it's at Liz.Dexter. Um, at Liz.Dexter is actually probably my Instagram too, but I created it like 10 years ago. And when I got back into Instagram, I couldn't figure out how to retrieve it. So I just started a new one. Okay. Cool. Well, how are you doing today? How are things going? I know you're just off of the, the studio tour, which was a big lift for you. It was a big lift. Um, yes, I am still recovering from that. I had been recovering from COVID while, while I did open studios. So um, I'm, I'm exhausted, but also inspired from the time during open studios. It, it was really a lot of fun to have people into my bubble. Um, I, I had been kind of hibernating for some time, just trying to make progress on my art. And though I'd been sharing on Instagram, I haven't for most of the year, I hadn't applied to any exhibitions. Um, you know, we had a lot on our plate personally. So it was just really about making art, um, taking care of some personal responsibilities that we had. And, and Open Studios was my primary event for the whole year. So it was, it was really fun to have um, so many people through my studio and talk them through my processes and, um, you know, just meet people face to face um, and have them see my work, which is sometimes hard to understand when it's online as a photograph. Oh, um, yeah. It's so different right. in person. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, it's beautiful both places, but when you see it in person, you really get to see all that rich texture and buildup that, that you so beautifully do. Um, yeah, I, love- I, I don't think online you can really kind of see the, the depth uh, and transparency that I try to create with all of my crazy mediums. And yeah. so it was, it was really fun to talk to artists and collectors and um, kind of share all of these processes I've been experimenting with. And, and yeah, it was just, it was a ball. Oh, I loved reading. You were saying that, you know, for a few years, um, you were kind of creating and coming up with these unique processes that you do in your basement. And then all of a sudden, here you were, and people were, you know, getting to ask you about it. And, and you were getting to share it. And I, I had this vision of you being this mad artist in the basement, you know, <laughs> experimenting, which, which is like such a part of, you know, where the beauty comes from, right? Is that experimentation and play and, that must have been so fun to finally reveal. It, it right? was really fun to reveal it in person. It was it was really fun to talk about um, all of the steps that I take with artists that um, are trying to achieve or are achieving similar effects in encaustic, um, trying to achieve similar transparencies and things in oil paints. And so just kind of comparing all of the plaster and acrylic mediums that I use um, with their processes. Um, and it, it, it was fun. It was great. Was there anything that surprised people when they were looking at your work or was there a common question that came about? I think, I think the, the biggest reaction that I got was they, everyone was very surprised at how many steps I took and um, how like just a big part of my process is being patient and and committing to for the past year i've i've just kind of committed to this series of steps that i've definitely tweaked along the way but each of them is is somewhat slow and then as they build up on each other um fun things evolve from it like kind of things that i could never create if i tried to but they Mm -hmm. kind of just happen with layers of plaster and then collage and then acrylic mediums and more plasters um so yeah i think the the overwhelming reaction i got was people were surprised at how patient i was with the process and for me it still seems like a relatively fast process because of so many years of doing architecture where it not only takes many months to to complete documents, designs and documents, but then often years for a construction project, a project to proceed through construction. So mm-hmm. um, I've always had, I think with, with my art, I try to leave some remnants of spontaneity in it because I appreciate that so much. And I feel like there's um, a lot of energy and spontaneous gestures. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I, I, be, I believe because of my past and this awareness that good architecture takes time, that I have a, I have a, I have a deep value for art 
that takes a lot of time. Mm -hmm. And when other artists show their work and it's clear to me that it's taken a lot of time, I gravitate to that regardless of the medium. Um, and so I have, I don't know if it's, I honestly don't know if it's um, accurate at, in terms of a judgment, but I feel like investing the time into this process and the end result um, makes it richer. Um, I and sorry, I'm stumbling here a little oh, bit. Oh, I can. I I so relate, and I understand it's a it's a value. That's a it's, that's a value. It's a value, and I'm not sure if it's actually a legitimate value. It doesn't matter. It's yours, uh, right? But it's my value because there's there are some. Um, there's some works of art that are incredibly spontaneous and gestural and and I I find them beautiful and meaningful and uh, so I I'm not um, I'm not negating that it's just that for me as I've been pursuing art if I create something quickly and spontaneously, I don't actually assign very much value to it. I feel like I have to keep going. And um, perhaps that will change over time. Um, uh oh, I thought I had everything turned off. Um, so, and if it doesn't, that's okay too. I mean, I think as artists, we all kind of have pillars, right? Like that kind of hold us up as artists. And it's really good to know those, um, I think, because that's who makes you you as an mm -hmm. artist and that's why people you know then start to be drawn in and and recognize you right like because they oh that's yeah that's and, so and it does um having that mindset helps me not be frustrated with how long some processes take and and it actually helps me be more meditative during during like really slow sanding I mean oftentimes I'm in our parking lot the parking lot of our studio here and just sanding out there for hours and some people come in and out going to lunch and back and see me out there with <laughs> Still my mask on, covered with dust and I know they think I'm a little freaky <laughs> but but I actually really enjoy that process and um and I see I I find um pleasure in it and and a little and some peace in just doing that and seeing what evolves yeah and I think people pick up on that when they when they're appreciating your art um so it's I think it's 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 you and I think it's so unique and I I really do think um that you know it's gonna start to to reverberate even even further than than Portland <laughs> for sure because oh, well people get pulled into that for you know that that's you like that's your work I I saw that you um when you were in New York City you saw Rick Lowe's work yes can you talk a little bit about that because I think it's very interesting your background you know in architecture and then e even when you talk about your art today, you're you're still like pulling that in, right? Like that's that's another. Yeah, I guess it's hard to escape when yeah. you've spent, you know, your all of your formative educational years, and then all of your adult years to date, um, um, doing something that's as um, focused as architecture is. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I loved seeing Rick Lowe's work. And I, I was really um, captivated by the way he had taken a break from art and really became involved in his community um, and worked uh, a lot in kind of the world of urban planning and community building, um, helping uh, with affordable home communities mm -hmm. and um, bringing, uh, creating togetherness with within his uh, larger community and neighborhoods. And then to take that experience um, and a lot of it was just spending time with these people. And um, one of the activities they did a lot was play dominoes. And so when he went back to making art, he kind of took some of these broader urban perspectives mm -hmm. and began making building blocks out of those on paper. And some of the patterns represent these domino elements and then bits of the city and uh, urban, uh, urban, urban remnants appear in these compositions that are mixed media and collage based but also have a very architectural feel. Did you get to see his work when you were in New York? I didn't. No, I didn't. But I, I saw that, you know, that you had seen his work and I went and I took a look at it. And I, I, I got, I love, I love the sense of, um, you know, when you're in a, a city or, or somewhere that has large scale, you feel like such a tiny ant, mm -hmm. you know, and that's how I feel with his work. It's like, almost like you're like a little, little tiny ant going through this like maze of life, you know, just, yeah, um, yeah, it, it's really it's, incredible. It's so amazing. And, and to, so it, it, his work may still be up at Gagosian. Um, they've got multiple galleries there. Um, this is the one and we're one of the ones in Chelsea but it it was so amazing to stand in front of the work and each of his pieces were related but very different in um, the color and the the symbols he was exploring and some of the large well most of them are quite large but some of the largest pieces you felt like you were in them as you're saying and yeah. yeah they were amazing oh I'd love to see them in person but I have the same feeling when I look at your art so when you when you raised you know that as someone that you enjoyed and it resonated with you um I thought that was just so spot on like it just um <laughs> oh I love I would I love being compared to him <laughs> I, I, I am not worthy um, yes you are yes you are fantastic oh well, so um, this can you talk to us a little bit, or me, um, us in the virtual world, <laughs> um, about a seminal moment that was crucial to leading you to where you are now in your art life? Um, I, I, I don't know if it was necessarily a semi seminal moment, but I, in late 2018, I, I began having like dreams, like very vivid, clear dreams of 
mixed media collages and um, it it really tugged on me um, oh, and I was wow. deep in in the middle of working on some pretty big projects at that point and I started I started puttering um, making collages like just clearing my desk for the weekend and and kind of making a mess but then having to clean it up and get back to work um, so I mean that 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 started me down the path and then the more I dabbled the more I really became enamored with the idea of of just totally shifting gears and making art um, well that's fascinating that it came from your it was really time. vivid and the first collages I did were all these um kind of mixed media they were acrylic collage um, and stitching on Arches oil paper that then I would, not unlike Rick Lowe, actually, though, he did it on such a, he does it on such a huge scale. I would then cut them all up and reassemble them. Okay. Um, and uh, I still might go back to that, but um, then I realized as I was doing that, that it had been so long since I'd painted it all I hadn't um aside from just projects with my kids and lots of home improvement I hadn't painted since college wow um, and in college and in high school I'd taken a lot of art classes and um painted some murals and you know that was like just a normal part of my life and then through architecture school everything was done by hand so that mm -hmm. was lots of lots of drawing and some watercolor with in terms of renderings and things and tons of model building but wow um, so yeah. since 2018 you had these dreams <laughs> yeah and, and then 2019 I didn't I I we traveled a bunch okay. and I worked in between the travel and I I as as we were traveling I was you know when I would go to museums uh, and see work. I just was craving getting home and, and making more art. Mm. And um, then as we got, and then the other thing that I found so inspirational was just street art. Oh mm -hmm. my God, all over the world. So much amazing street art that again, you can kind of step into um, in Colombia, in, in Greece, um, and in different parts of uh, Europe. Uh, so that was super motivating. And when we came home in uh, 2019, towards the end of the year, I just like totally threw myself into making art. I spent like all of December uh, and early January making as much art as I possibly could. and. Um, but yet I was still having to travel to do construction administration on a, on a pair of big projects in Philadelphia. Okay. So you were still balancing the two. Yeah, yeah. Going back and forth and really just wanting to paint, but having to go and be an architect. <laughs> and then when, when COVID hit, um, our, our work, our project just literally the, it, it stopped because oh, of COVID wow. it stopped construction. And so all of the, construction administration stopped 
and it was honestly such a relief <laughs> and and I just yeah I just buried myself oh. in my studio and oh. and made and made and just tried a bunch of different uh mediums and and began like a deep dive and then I've uh I've not really gone back since then I've done some other projects but the, okay. the paintings come first since yeah. then well, and you moved into a studio this year, the beginning of this year. Yeah, and that was that was really a requirement because I had completely taken over the basement of our home, which we were putting up for sale, and it was it was a disaster. So the first thing to do to get ready to sell was to get that cleaned up. And so it, it, it was kind of scary stepping into yeah. a studio, even though I'd had an architecture office for a long time, one that I had closed in 2019 to be able to make art, but it was kind of, it was scary. Oh, the sure. idea of, well, yeah, because of- that kind of makes it like real like real right? like we're getting yeah. it now yeah like <laughs> like you have a studio you know you're, yeah. you're and an it's address. an art studio I yeah. didn't I didn't move all of my architecture stuff in I kept that home okay base. that's and good to keep those so, out of it. yeah yeah it was scary but then I realized as soon as I moved in that I that I deserved it you know it's like I had the space to start to keep going bigger and yeah. I was very pinched in my basement and yeah um and that's in the Ford building right in yes Portland? yes yeah. but, which is um, a great creative space it's yeah like what of a building that was a Ford assembly plant and so it sits right next to the train tracks in Portland it's very gritty industrial but there's also a lot of um fun restaurants and and uh bars nearby lots of things to do close by and then the building is primarily create creative space it's not exclusively artists by any means but Mm -hmm. um, there are a lot of photographers um uh, there's a few jewelry makers there are some clothing designers along with painters um I don't know if we have any ceramicists I'm not aware of any but uh, yeah, and doing open studios alongside two of the other artists that are just right on my floor, um, Amy Ponteri and Therese Mirza, was just so wonderful because we interacted a great deal. Um, uh, Allison Doherty, another artist in our building, had just opened up the Ford Gallery downstairs. And so work from multiple artists in our building was being shown down there. And all of us just worked together to make the event a success. And that that was really wonderful to, to feel part of that community in a big way. Yeah, that's so nice to have that, especially because art making can be very um, you know, I mean, it's, it's isolating. Yeah. You're super contained. (laughs) So it's kind of nice to have that, um, if you want it. Right. But if not, and kind of keep your door closed and yeah. And we've been pretty quiet because of COVID and our building's been closed to the public for a while. So you have to call to have access. Um, so it's been, we've all been pretty quiet. Um, so this was a little bit of a, a coming out party for us after COVID. Um, it, yeah, it was very 
filling to, to be working alongside the other artists. And one thing that I, I realized as we were planning for it, you know, I, I operate in my own small world and I hadn't really spent much time in the other um, artists' studios. And Therese has been in the building Oh, I think for 15 or 20 years, maybe since the building was converted. She's been there a long time. And she hosted Amy and I uh, a few weeks before Open Studios in her studio to just brainstorm and talk about planning for Open Studios. And I walked in and I, I was like hit with how different her studio is than mine. I mean, um, her art is different than mine. I love her art, um, but her walls were literally dripping with paint. It was it like exuded um, a fine artist. And she, she paints with a lot of fluorescent colors and she often, uh, along with earthy tones, but she often works the fluorescent in um, as spray paint. Oh, fun. Yeah. So her walls were like this graffiti that, that Ooh, neat. totally captivates me. And I, I left the studio afterwards um, and went back to my studio and looked around and I've only been in the building since March. Yeah. And I'm a very organized person by nature. And so I'm looking around the room. I have my organized like painting hanging system. I have my tools all organized. There most of my um, actual painting is done on my work table, which gets filthy, but I clean it off occasionally because it gets pot, it gets really crusty. And my walls have some paint on them, but it's like, I came back, I was so discouraged. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, artists are like Therese. And I look like an architect who's pretending to be an artist. And so I was, I actually had quite, um, quite a moment of discouragement. And Amy's, Amy Ponteri is also a therapist. She's an art therapist. And okay she had stopped by um, a few days later and I told her how I was feeling. I just like, I feel like Therese is the real thing. And I'm just like this anal retentive architect making art. And, and she was like, no, we all are creative in our own ways. And mm -hmm. you have beautiful work. You should not be ap apologetic about it. And then what was so interesting is during open studios, um, a few times I jokingly, but seriously said, oh my God, you know, I went into Teresa's studio a few weeks ago and I just, my heart sank because I, my studio doesn't look like hers and am I the real thing? And, and so many people said her studio is awesome, but your studio is you and you can yeah. see, you can tell that a different person works in this space and you shouldn't apologize for bringing your own approach to creativity mm -hmm. um so it was really reassuring because people were like I actually really like how organized in, it is in here and um you know I can see a lot of the way you work on your walls and everything 
in your artwork. And so it kind of, it really helped me accept a little bit more that um, I could be making art in my own way, which I had always told myself I was doing and was fine with, but I was surprised at my reaction to Teresa's studio and how um, initially yeah. disappointed I was that I, I wasn't working more like she does. Oh, I mean, that's such a part of the artist journey, isn't it? Like, well, even the human journey, but I think with art, especially we are so vulnerable in, in, in looking and seeing how other people do things and what they do and, and then how that impacts, you know, our own voice. And, and I always feel like, I love that you always say that you're, you know, that you come from a very, um, you describe your, your art as being authentic, right. And, um, and, and so it just is true to you. And I, I read somewhere, I think it was, I think it was something you wrote. You have studio notes, right? You have a blog. Yeah, I do. Mm -hmm. I think, I, I think I read it there or maybe it was on Instagram, but you were, you were talking about, um, you know, it was like some, someone you were listening to about kind of a chaotic world and, and how that's okay. Like you were kind of making peace with chaos and, um, and you wrote that creativity doesn't have to be diminished when we're under pressure of a deadline, mm -hmm. that the pressure might just help us be more creative and achieve that um, when we thought it was impossible. And I, I love that. And I think the thing is, is like, you can do that because of your organization, right? Like you can move quickly um, and, and do those things, even when it takes a long time for you mm -hmm. to create the art, right? With all the layers, each layer itself, though, is kind of chaotic. It's yeah, like, each layer. Yeah. It, yeah, that's really true. Yeah. And, and I find, um, I find my house, I naturally have a very, um, a, a brain that likes to plan. It's really part of architecture. You have to be planning ahead for how things um, go together and what what is going to be the final built project. But mm -hmm. I um, try to set up the way I work in the studio so that I can't over plan because I'm, I'm really trying to create art in in a way that gets me out of some of these ingrained habits mm -hmm. of mine of overthinking over planning and kind of some rigidity that you know, was required to to create buildings um so yeah I try I try to be fairly spontaneous with each of these layers um, it's just the time it takes to build them up and some of the processes in between that are kind of labors of love and slow in terms of sanding, especially. Yeah. And cutting. Like I try to be like, I, um, yeah, like I build up all these layers and then part of the exercise I've assigned myself for whatever period of time it continues to engage me is that these final, the final layers that I put on are um, first, I put down transparent matte contact paper. And then I try to very spontaneously sketch whatever kind of design feels right to help organize the chaos that I've created because it is always chaos in those base layers, the way they've been built up. Um, and 
I try really hard. Sometimes I erase it and start over again because I can erase my marker. (laughs) So if it starts to feel tight or something, sometimes I'll erase and start over again. But I try to just do that in one quick fell swoop without like uh, pre-thinking it um, in procreate or anything else. Cause every time I've started to do that, it just gets rigid and tight. And then it can be a pretty, uh, painstaking and time consuming process to physically cut the masking, cut the design out of the masking. Um, but I don't mind that again, it's one of those labors of love. I've got these gestures that I've drawn in a quick way and I try to make them um, pretty loose and wonky and then cutting them out takes a while, but I just put in some headphones, uh, and it's a podcast or often music. And I just cut, 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 cut. (laughs) (laughs) And I, people can never really tell what I'm doing on Instagram, even though I try to be really clear when I'm showing my steps in the video, but I cut all of the areas out that I'm going faster. Yeah. And then, then the plastering is one of those really fast processes and, and I have to do it quickly because it's acrylic based and it will set up. And if I try to work it too long, it gets kind of gummy. So I just have to move really quickly through that step. Yeah. It's magic. And I think, I don't think you could do it if you weren't organized, you know what I mean? Because it's not just paint. Like it's, that's true. That's true. I do have to plan ahead for each of those steps. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's exciting. I, I hope more and more people can start to, you know, peek, peek through the peek through the window at your process and well I loved sharing it with a lot of artists who came to visit and then I'm I'm quite open with my process and materials online and and I often have people in uh, private message me about like specifics because they want to try these uh-huh. things yeah and sometimes people will say well don't you feel like it's kind of proprietary since you've made up a lot of this stuff on your own. And, and I just think, you know, there's nothing ever really new. There's nothing that I could do that's completely new in architecture and there's nothing completely new I can do in art. And then it's all about how you're doing it. And there's, there's no, I don't believe you can actually even copy another artist. You know, somebody else is going to take the, some of these steps that I do and they're going to do them their own way and it will look completely different. So Mm -hmm. I actually am really excited to see if some people try even the same exact steps because I know it'll look so different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it'll evolve. Your process will evolve. Oh, definitely. Trying things and yeah. Yeah. I know as soon as somebody else figures out exactly what I'm doing and all the steps, I will have moved on. I mean, it just, there's no, there's no, um, I don't believe there's proprietary in in any aspect of art. Yeah, I totally share that with you. So, all right. Well, there's just a couple other things I wanted to to ask you about that are just kind of light and fun. And one Mm -hmm. is, I know you love to travel with your husband, Scott. Um, And I just was curious, just off the top of your head, if you could pretend you're somewhere, where, where are you and why? Oh, well, I... I often 
fantasize about going back to Southern Spain. Um, we really considered like moving there for an extended chunk of time. Oh, we wow. stayed in this small hill town called Bejer de la Frontera and it's um, south, southeast of uh, Cadiz or Cadiz. Um, it was such an incredible town filled with expats. Um, most everyone spoke Spanish there, which we loved because um, we were learning, we were relearning Spanish and using it. But we stayed in this ancient castle in a woman's apartment. She was a British woman that lived uh, part-time in Spain. And we could, from, from our window, see Morocco. Oh, wow. Um, and across the sea. And so we would wake up in, and then we could go out into this castle wall right outside of our, our apartment um, and see across the sea to Morocco. And there was just something magical about the whole place, the whole environment, the coastline there, the people, the food, oh my God, the food. And um, anyway, if we were to, have the freedom to travel anywhere right now and stay for a while it would it would definitely be southern Spain okay and when you when you immerse yourself like that um when you come back what is it that you bring back to your art uh, from that is it is it just the feeling or are there colors like what uh, I think a lot of it is um the textures okay some the colors and and kind of this um, sense of history and the that's I think that's really something that I'm after with the the many layers, many textures, and the the built up nature of my art is is I love the textures of old places and and so while I'm not doing that specifically I'm not trying to recreate it I want that feeling to be there and the imperfections that arise through the process that that feel like crumbling walls or weathered stone um well I, I think, think that's have... what I bring back uh, with yeah. all with all of our travels you know the richness of place and um a sense of expanded time. Mm, I think you've got a few series titles there. <laughs> <laughs> Texture of old places. I love that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I need to be thinking about next, next steps. And I know you're like, Joan, I just got through the studio to leave me alone. <laughs> no, no, I actually, I have been thinking a lot about what's coming up for this next year and the we're about to travel for a month. We're going back to Florida for a week to celebrate a friend, our close friend who recently passed. And then we're going to Costa Rica for three weeks um, to spend time with our son who lives down there. And another son and his girlfriend will be joining us um, for a week of that or eight days of that time. So I'm going to spend a lot of time thinking about what's next and what I'd like to push forward on this, this next year. Oh, 
sounds wonderful. I hope it's a restorative time. I know it will be. Um, and I can't wait to see, see what comes in. Can you believe we're launching our seventh exhibition for Chroma Collective Gallery? I, I can't believe it. Um, I'm excited at the artists that will be featured are really wonderful. It's the first exhibition where it's all American artists. Yes. Surprisingly. Yeah. Yeah. And the title is Celebrate, Emanate Gratitude. Um, Marsha is such a great, I think you call her the title whisperer. Yeah, she is a title whisperer. She, she just doesn't, she's going to be up next um, uh, for on the podcast on the next one. So I'm really looking forward to, to talking with her, Marsha Cordes. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think it's a lovely collection and a great way to round out the year. It's just, I can't believe all that we've accomplished. What What's your biggest takeaway this year from, from the collective? I have really loved um, our ability to all work together to pull this together every month because it's it's a lot of work behind the scenes yeah. for all of us. Um, and I've loved how everyone's uh, Embrace the technology and and really stepped up to to create each exhibition, and then I I really love celebrating all of these artists we bring in each each exhibition. I've gotten to meet all of the other artists that you guys have brought in, mm-hmm. and and I've online developed friendships with them. Mm-hmm. Um, which is really, uh, it's so supportive. Um, it, I just feel like we all pull each other along this journey. And um, it's, it's been really, really wonderful. I mean, meeting these artists from all over the world and, and feeling real connection with them as we m- move through the the month to two month exhibitions all together and support each other. Yeah, and we're so appreciative of the work that you do on the platform to help it all come together. I mean, beyond your creativity and um, you know, just the the spirit that you have in the collective. But I think, you know, it's such a big job to create that uh, online platform and change it out every exhibition and make sure that we all have templates that we can use to, I think it's probably Joyce and I talked about this in the, in the last podcast that like, sometimes it's hard to realize how much work is happening behind the scenes to, to get these up and running. So it's been good. It's been good for me. I, um, I've learned a lot about how to put together websites in Squarespace. <laughs> I need to spend more time on my own website because it's kind of behind right now. I might do some of that on during downtime while we're traveling. Yeah. But, um, it, it's, uh, it's, it's really helped me um, learn, learn the nuts and bolts, um, having to help teach other people how to pull it together too, you know, when you, you learn by teaching. So that's helped me as well. That's great. Well, I think it's a, an amazing venture. Um, and, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm really looking forward to, to this, uh, this, um, final exhibition of the year. Of course, we'll be, um, launching new ones again, but this will be a really fun one to see, mm-hmm. um, to, to see all the lovely reactions that we got get from from our uh, following, which is mm-hmm. always nice. Mm-hmm. 
so Liz, we are kind of bumping up against time. Is there anything you wish that I'd asked you that I, I haven't? Or that you oh, you know, I have some, uh, well, I, I have my first big duo ex, uh, exhibition coming oh. up this year, which okay. I haven't told you guys all about because it just came about last week. How exciting. Um, it's going to be at the Ford gallery there, which is so awesome. You know, okay. it's all been re reopened new management and, um, there will be, they're, they're planning their, um, the, uh, the, all of their exhibitions for the year. And, um, I've been offered a, a spot to do, I, I could have done a solo exhibition, but the space is ginormous. Oh, so, okay. Um, I have, uh, invited Heather Adamack, who is my Chroma invited artist. Um, so she and I are going to do that together and it's going to be the month, uh, the months of July and August. So it'll okay. open the first Friday. We have a, we have a first Friday art walk in our Southeast community of, in Portland. So it'll um, open, I think that's July 7th this year and it'll be open um, through sometime toward the end of August. I'm not sure, um, when Allison and Amy will switch the show out. Um, okay. But so, it'll be toward the end of August. How exciting. So join exhibition next summer, um, 2023, yeah. right? July to August at the Ford gallery. And if people want to learn more about that show or other, um, things that I know you'll have here popping up over the next few months, um, what's the best way again for them to, to, um, probably to through Instagram to follow me there and, um, uh, become a subscriber on my website by going to lizdexter.com. And again, my Instagram is liz.dexter. Um, and the Ford gallery is fordgallerypdx.com. They're really focused on local artists only at this point. Um, so, but so if you're a local artist, sign up. And over time, they may expand to be including art artists from out of out of the area. But right now, they're preferring everyone drive and drop off their art when they submit um, to different shows. There, the next one is Go Big or Go Home, which is oh. all art that's larger than three feet by three feet. In Ooh, that yeah. sounds like fun. Isn't that fun? I know that would be great for you. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, big art. And so I actually was at the studio this morning putting first layers down on some three foot by four foot panels that I need to get underway this week before we take off for the month because um, the open call closes on December 9th and then that'll be a January show um, uh, January, February, I believe. Okay. Um, so yeah, uh, for me this year is, um, mostly going to be about the, the duo exhibition in July and August with Heather and, um, getting our house underway in the gorge. We were just approved for development on our, um, 10 acres in Mosier outside of Hood River. And so mm -hmm. I'll be overseeing, um, the, the finishing up the design and engineering and the construction process. So wow. those are my two two big things on my ladder this year. Oh, it just sounds wonderful. 
Um, thank you so much. And for those listening, listen to Liz's words. If you start dreaming of art, start making art. Start making it. It's <laughs> the only way it happens. You can't just think about it. You have to get in there and do it. Oh, I love that. And on that note, thanks so much, Liz. And, and thanks to all listening for tuning in to Art Unsurfaced. And I hope you'll look forward to the next episode again with Marsha Cordes, um, who is also a CCG member. And, um, and uh, yeah, she's just off of her studio tour in San Luis Obispo, where she resides. So thanks again. Until next time. Thank you so much, Joan. It was fun. <laughs>